Hello, and welcome to a show of their own, Sports and Life with Morgan and Laura. I'm Morgan. And I am Laura. And we have baseball things to talk about. Fun, mostly fun. Baseball things to talk about, but it's not like off-season, just drag stuff. It's actual like about game stuff, which is really exciting. And I figured for the first part of the season, probably to like mid-May, probably like until... NHL goes to playoffs because I feel like that'll be a good trade-off where we can have more time for baseball and like division breakdowns and that's generally about when divisions start to shake up so then I'll start doing kind of those but until then I'm gonna do like top headlines from the week and since it was just opening weekend there wasn't that much to talk about so I only have four but some of them are pretty big topics and the first one is the all-star game which I actually had on my list before the breaking all-star game news because there's not a date set that I've seen for when the all-star game is going to be played anyway Um, but now we don't even know where it's going to be taking place because uh, they decided it will not be taking place in Atlanta like previously scheduled if you don't know why, it is because Georgia passed a 98-page voting law that included a lot of things that's going to make it a lot tougher for people to vote, and um, it's specifically looking like it's going to disproportionately affect Black voters. So the reason MLB is doing this is because um, uh, Rob Manfred said, um, and he had a long statement, but part of it was um, that MLB fundamentally supports voting rights for all Americans and opposes restrictions to the ballot box. A lot of people were like, oh, this makes sense because, you know, America's pastime and tying it to that. Yeah, it's kind of that, but it's also kind of like a lot of sponsors threaten to um, not give in. Can I also add something? Because, okay, definitely don't agree with this person on everything. And definitely don't agree with his major point which is like oh it should be back in Georgia but Marco Rubio had this comment or like this letter and I like I said I didn't agree with most of it but one point I thought was good and just kind of shows who Rob Manfred is is that Rob Manfred is a member of Augusta which is the golf course in Augusta Georgia Mm -hmm. and he's basically like are you going to give that up and I'm thinking the answer is no and so I think that kind of shows what, why they're doing what they're doing. And I think it's like, okay, baseball in general and the sponsors, you can, you can say that they're doing good work, but let's not go overboard on Rob Manfred yeah. here. Cause yeah. and that's, that, that's all I took from that. Not like I agree with Marco Rubio, please don't misconstrue right. any of that, but just hold your horses. Rob Manfred has shown who he is so many times. Yeah. Like we don't need to doubt that. And I think it's also a way to bring uh positive pl- publicity to the MLB although I know there's a lot of people like don't bring politics into sports blah 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 whatever but like if you think about in the summer it took um MLB Network said it took nine days before MLB made any comment about um the Black Lives Matter protests and anything to do with that so this was kind of like a we need to take a stand quickly kind of a thing um also the other thought process was a lot of players who would be voted into the all-star game would probably end up not going because they were also afraid that they would that was all they'd be asked about and the the thought is that they didn't really want players to have to 
constantly be fielding questions about a law in which an estate that they don't play in, they don't live in, and it would take away from baseball. Um, I also think, like, just from a perspective, like, we're still in a pandemic, and so what the All-Star game can bring to a city isn't quite what it used to be unless I guess Mm -hmm. unless you're in Florida or Texas where they can still have like all the villages and stuff like that but like Atlanta you probably can't do any of that and so I'm guessing they're going to get a lot less resistance from Atlanta just because they're not giving up near as much as they would be in previous seasons yeah and I do understand the point um the, the Braves did make a statement of their own which I was reading in an article, I think on The Athletic, that they said usually it's not a thing for a team to release a statement that's in opposition to MLB as a whole. However, um, in the article, it said from a different, um, like I think it was a different GM, but it was unnamed, um, told that reporter that usually statements like that do get approval from MLB before they're published. So it's not like the Braves put out a statement being upset about this without MLB already knowing they were going to do it. Um, but they did make the point of that. It is kind of a disappointment because All-Star games can bring so much to the community and the people that live there and the fans that live there. So I do understand that point in that it's kind of unfair to punish fans and maybe other um, like smaller companies in the area that might get benefits from having such a big uh event held there because it is like a week-long event Um, even if it's just like the all-star game and the home run derby take up like two days there's stuff leading up to it that they do throughout the week that usually involves fans I don't really know how they would do it this year but I do understand that point but I think they would get way more negative attention having it there after this than they than they're getting now um Yeah, and I also think, like, because there's the human rights perspective of it, and there's the, like, like you said, bad PR publicity perspective. I've never read anywhere where they're saying, like, unless Georgia changes their law, they're never going to have the all-star game in Georgia. I think a lot of this probably is, like, they don't want the PR that comes with it this year. But, you know, if a couple of years down the line, people have forgotten about it, not saying this is a right thing. I'm not saying that this is something I advocate for, but I could see that totally happening. Yeah. Um, and it's also something that was supported by the Players Alliance, which is a group of um, former and current uh, Black MLB players. Uh, I believe they formed that last summer um also Stacey Abrams made a comment on this and I'm just gonna read a part of it but she did she kind of said the same thing we're saying like she said um like many Georgians I'm disappointed that the MLB is relocating the all-star game however I commend the players owners and league commissioner for speaking out so it's kind of the same thing like it is a disappointment for that area as far as locally how it would affect them but overall it's kind of an understood thing um also, in case anyone was wondering, apparently Texas isn't going to have the All-Star game because our governor doesn't want it because why bring politics into the sports, blah, blah, blah. Um, that's for another rant. <laughs> um, I didn't. I decided not to talk about the Rangers in my thing just because the headline is only that the 
governor didn't want to throw out the first pitch because he's mad at MLB. Like, who cares? Anyway, <laughs> on to funnier things. The Mets kind of met over the weekend. Uh, it started off great for them because they signed Francisco Lindor um, on opening day eve. Okay, time out. Yes. So I'm watching, watching hockey, hockey. <laughs> and I need to tell you that in a matter of about 30 seconds, Vegas scored two goals on St. Louis. And so it is now four <sighs> to one Vegas. So I just needed to give you that, put those Bennington vibes. Bennington is not in net. And I have a feeling this whoso guy may get pulled. And my only hope is that that means that they can torch Bennington a little bit. Oh, that'd be so good. So that was an go. important interruption though. So I appreciate right. it. <laughs> That's the game I'm watching is, and I'm, I'm bringing them good luck. So, um, so on opening day eve, the Mets signed Fran- Francisco Lindor to a 10-year, $341 million contract. And that $1 million is important because it's exactly $1 million more than uh, Fernando Tatis Jr. signed just a couple months ago. It's not a coincidence. It, it would have been exactly the same deal had he not added that extra $1 million. And there was a tweet that I retweeted very quickly that someone said that extra 1 million is the level of petty I strive to be. And I was like, (laughs) I feel that Um, this kicks in next year because he's still under the contract when they trade Um, no opt outs in this 10 year deal, which means he's pretty much there unless a trade happens, which I don't know if that would happen. Um, And then the very next day they didn't get to play because the nationals had a COVID outbreak which is where they were supposed to play. So the Mets have not played yet. I think they're playing today's Monday. Yeah, I think it's opening day today for them. But I will say it's a little bit of an improvement because usually these like calamities happen to them and then they don't make it any better. Right. They really they had had like not a lot to do with this. Yeah. And so it's like, okay. But it was also like, of course, they would be the collateral team. Yeah. And so, so but it, and, that, and that's like, that's an improvement. The fact that that's yeah. an improvement should tell you where they were at. It's like, you were just kind of caught up in yeah. the, like being the opponent yeah. of a team that had COVID issues. Like you didn't have COVID issues. You didn't somehow be like, oh, we'll still practice and like share the same spaces with them and, and like get an outbreak for ourselves. Like none of that. So the fact that that's the bar isn't exactly great, but hey, could have been worse. <laughs> and they're playing in Phillies, and they're currently winning 2 nothing in the seventh, so good for them. Um, and then my third funny, if you're not a Dodgers fan story, is on their opening day against, I already forgot, Colorado. That's where it was because they were playing in Colorado. In the third inning, Cody Bellinger hit a home run with Justin Turner at first. So you're thinking, two-run homer, and you would be wrong. Because when he hit that home run, Justin Turner thought the outfielder caught it. So he had rounded second, thought the ball was caught, was hustling back around second to first because he didn't want to make the out there. However, when he was running back around second, Cody Bellinger was trotting around first. They passed each other. Now, when the runner, when a runner laps the runner in front of them, that's an automatic out. When it happens on a home run, apparently, Cody Bellinger was out. 
he gets marked for an RBI single because Justin Turner still scores on that. However, Cody Bellinger doesn't get that home run on his stats. He just gets the RBI and the single. And oh. once again, it's just fitting that it was Justin Turner's mess up. It kind of opposite of bookends because, you know, the last game of the World Series, he had COVID and went on the field. And then third inning of the first game of this season, and he flubs up. So I have to tell you that Jonathan Marcheseau scored off of that Huso's like back, banked <laughs> it in, and we now have a Bennington siding. So, oh, interesting. More updates on that, but <laughs> this is like going to be an episode because I'm I usually am in my basement and I'm upstairs now, so I have the games on, and it's going to be like a Morgan follows the Blues vicariously through. <laughs> I know this is kind of like how. You know, like during games when they do like a mid-game break to catch you up on the other teams? It's like that, but it's a different sport. (laughs) You guys will already know what happened, but still, it's kind of fun. Um, And then final story is about Shohei Otani, who is the Angels pitcher and now also hitter, which when he first signed with them, that was the big thing is that, oh my gosh, he's a pitcher that can hit. Will he be able to do that in MLB? Because that's not a thing that MLB typically does. And especially with signing with an AL team. We were so puzzled by that. We yeah. like, why AL? <laughs> yeah. But then it was, then it kind of made sense once people explained it to me like, oh, well then he can be the DH. Right. It's just like, okay, that actually kind of does make sense. Right. Um, and because when he first did it, he wasn't hitting on the days he was pitching. Mm-hmm. Um, but this year he made his debut on Sunday. I did not watch the game, even though it was an ESPN game, but that's why I didn't watch it because I do not like the ESPN broadcasters, namely A-Rod. So I just keep myself out of that. And he made his debut as a starting pitcher and hitter in the second spot of the lineup, which is a very like respectful place to hit, especially for a pitcher like that is a bold spot to be in the lineup for a pitcher. Pitchers are usually like ninth place hitters or eight if you're really in the NL and you're gonna like strategize it. It is like the hipster thing to do. Yeah. Joe Madden. Yeah. Uh, That's why I said (laughs) (laughs) But um, since Otani is like a touted hitter, like he's not just some pitcher hitting, he got second spot. And in, again, I can't, I think it was an athletic article that I read this in. He's the first player since 1903 to start a game as pitcher and bat second in the order without playing another position. I didn't really understand what that last part meant because I don't know what pitcher would play another position, but whatever, we're here. Are they saying like he would pitch for like a few innings and then like, like, a, or like would it be like rules kind of a thing? Or would it be like um, position player pitching? where it's like you had a position player and then they came to maybe I don't know that doesn't make sense to me either yeah and I wrote it verbatim from the athletics so it's the athletics fault that it makes no sense (laughs) um so in his debut or 2021 debut he in the top of the first threw a 101 mile per hour pitch which starting pitchers don't generally throw that hard And in general, pitchers don't usually throw that hard. And then to help himself out, which is also, I read a a tweet that said the reason he he prefers to hit on days that he pitches because he likes to help himself out, which he did because in the bottom of the first, 
he hit a home run 451 feet and it became the um highest exit velocity of any angel in the that sounded funny of any angel um (laughs) that really threw me off saying it out loud um of any Los Angeles angel in the StatCast era of 115.2 miles per hour. Now the second highest exit velocity is 115.0 by, of course, Mike Trout. Um, but to then, be Mike Trout. Right? And you're a pitcher. That's impressive. Right? Um, and then, <laughs> then there was like a scary incident like, oh my God, this is going to happen to them. In the fifth inning, there was a passed ball strikeout, which means the ball went to the backstop. So when that happens, the pitcher has to cover home plate because the catcher is going to retrieve the ball and there was runners on. So you got to cover and to try and make the out, which is always scary because generally pitchers are not great defensively. Um, and the, the tag on the home slide thing, that's, I mean, that's a, a skill. It's a skill and it's even nerve wracking seeing catchers do it sometimes because and they're all like, have all this equipment on. Right. And pitchers are generally like gangly all limbs and they just look uncomfortable there in general. Um, so he's covering home. The catcher throws a bad throw to first, then I, and I think one person had already scored and then um, Jose Abreu is coming in. He's sliding into home while Otani's still standing there and he clipped Otani and Otani goes down. And of course, your first thought is, oh my God, they just hurt the pitcher who can also hit. And that's very extremely unfortunate for all of baseball because he's fun to watch. And he was slow to get up. He had a slight limp. He didn't finish the rest of the inning, but apparently he is okay and is not going on IL, which is great, but also... How nervous were you if you were like the GM for the Angels? And you're like, oh my God, we just got this guy to really because he coming off, I think he had Tommy John surgery. He had some surgery that he was out for a while. So, like, now you're like, you finally see him get to be great. And you're like, oh God, he could be injured. Honestly, okay, thinking about this because this is like the analytics nerd thing. Yeah. In most games, especially the very first game of a freaking long season, wouldn't you say, okay, just let the run score? Who the heck cares? Oh, I like, can hear that. <laughs> Let's see. Okay, is it Vegas? Because it's always a little behind for me, and they're in the Vegas is in the offensive zone. <laughs> that was Laura's goal horn. If anyone I have else the could Budweiser goal horn, it is awesome. It is so fun. It warns me when people are going to score goals, but then it also is just like kind of fun. And I can tell when St. Louis because they do the like they have a specific goal horn. Most of them are just like the same. It's also telling me to grab some buds because the Leafs game is about to be on. <laughs> but anyways, uh, what was I saying? Tawny, start stats nerd, analytic nerd. Oh, like, wouldn't it just make sense to let the run score? Like, honestly, yeah. They that, did. And that sounds like, I'm saying, like, tell them, don't even bother. Like, what's the point? Are, so you're going to you're gonna save a run in a game that honestly probably won't matter. Like, and also, by that point, the catcher should have been taking over because he's already made the errant throw to first, so he should have had time to get back to home plate and get Otani out of the way. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that's, but I feel like they're doing some things because it's like the baseball thing to do. Yeah. I'm like, I get that for the pitcher running over to cover first when the first baseman feels is it. That actually makes some sense. Like, okay, logical. But yeah. because no one's really sliding in the first either. Uh, yeah. Usually people make fun of you if you slide in the first. Yeah. 
um, never a good idea. But home? Like, are we really going to do that? Yeah. It's not a great strategy, but they've always done it. So why change And that's now? baseball. We've always done it this it's way. True. So, of course. Yep. Truly, that is baseball's logo. And Oh, and Bennington just got scored on. Oh my God. So I love it. That's a, a great to... way to end the baseball segment is that Bennington got scored on. And he's shaking his head. He's not happy. So I just need to let love you know to that. see it. So you can revel in that for a moment. <laughs> I don't even know who scored, but it doesn't matter. It's Vegas. Um, <laughs> anyways, I will take, I guess we don't really have any general hockey things to talk about. So of course it's time to uh, climb the corporate ladder. Um, go through all of the divisions first the honda west division which i'm currently watching um vegas st louis is what i'm watching but we're going to talk about a game i did watch last night some of uh arizona was playing anaheim and arizona won three two in overtime and the reason i thought that was notable is because all three goals were scored by one person and so you're like thinking First of all, you're thinking who the heck plays for the Arizona Coyotes. And then you're thinking like Phil Kessel, Clayton Keller, and nope, it is Jacob Chikrin, who I feel like is unknown a little bit because he plays for Arizona. He is like this six foot six kind of defenseman, really, really good. And I think he only makes like $4.8 million. To me, he kind of reminds me of Colton Preco of St. Louis and that really tall guy good defenseman who's a little underrated and really like fair contract so if ever Arizona decides to blow things up which they're in a playoff position right now so I can't imagine they would but if ever they do that is something I would want my team to look at and I think everyone would want their team to go after because he's pretty young and pretty talented so thought that was pretty cool and all of them were just like these absolute snipes so Pretty cool thing to watch if you have the time. Um, I just wanted to, while we're talking about, like, while I'm enjoying St. Louis getting defeated, um, I wanted to bring this 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 really important stat out for you, Morgan. They're currently out of playoff contention in the. I love it. And they are tied in out of playoff contention with. San Jose with the same winning percentage and points and San Jose I don't know if y'all know this they're old and they really (laughs) and they also don't have goaltending either so I just love that so much for St. Louis I'm just so happy for them that's a good look for them I also thought this was kind of an interesting stat. I guess the Honda West division is like the interesting stat division. They're the only division with less than four teams with positive goal differentials, which I thought was interesting because I think if you think anyone would be that, it would be the North because yeah. they only have seven teams. Um, but no, it's only them. And, and the only teams with positive goal differentials, which I guess I should explain, goal differential is goals scored minus goals allowed and so positive means you score more goals negative means you score less um is colorado vegas and minnesota and it's really a two-horse race for first between colorado and vegas and that's going to be super super important because that stat tells you that there's a big difference between minnesota and whoever gets fourth place and so the first place team will get to play that fourth place team which right now doesn't even have a positive goal differential and the second place team has to play Minnesota who is 
obviously a lot more competitive, has a positive goal differential and has Kirill Kaprizov. So I think that it's normally, I think there's going to be some divisions where it's like, eh, whatever, like just want to make the playoffs. I think the East is a little like that. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think the West, there's like Colorado and Vegas are really going to ratchet it up to try to lock up first because I think there is a big difference. Um, And even if like it ends up the same, like whoever beats whoever the fourth place team is, and then the other one beats Minnesota, I think there's a huge advantage to come in coming into that series, which would end up being Colorado versus Vegas, having played whoever the fourth place team is versus having played Minnesota. Like, I think you're going to come in a little fresher if you played that fourth place team. So, but of course it's the NHL and things don't make any sense. So whoever finishes first might probably lose to the fourth place team because hockey. Um, next is the Scotia North division. And I think the obvious thing to talk about is what's going on in Vancouver. So I thought this is really interesting and just kind of shows if you needed any more proof of the importance of vaccination, this is it. So the U.S. was having all of the outbreaks early on in hockey. Obviously, Morgan knows this from Dallas being delayed, but then there were a yeah. few other teams who got delayed. And there haven't been any U.S. delays lately. The last two delays have been in Canada. And I remember hearing this on the Steve Dangle podcast like last week. It was last Thursday. They said that just now they opened up vaccination to people. It was either 60 or 65 and older, which pretty much anywhere in the U.S. that's been open for like a month now. Yeah. Over even. Yeah. It's pretty crazy to think about that. Um, And even if And I know that they said some hockey players in the U.S. are getting vaccinated, which I thought would always be a little tricky because um, I guess if they have driver's license in the place that they play, maybe. But like even U.S. born hockey players for American hockey teams, unless they're living in the place that they were like living in the offseason, it's going to be weird because they don't have residency in the same states so like a lot of minnesota players like there's players on the penguins who are from like minnesota well would they have to get vaccinated in minnesota or can they get back i don't know how all that's working out i think it also depends on if like where they go is like a federal vaccination site because i know the one that i went to is considered a federal vaccination site and they said people even out of state could go to that one so Mm -hmm. i imagine it's trickier especially for the ones that don't live in this country in the off season oh yeah like especially like Canadians and then yeah. um, Finns, Swedes, Russians that yeah. sort of thing but even for them even if they're not that I know there's some that are vaccinated but even for the ones that aren't our vaccination rates are already so high mm-hmm. that the risk of them contracting it from going to get groceries or having food delivered or anything like that, or just like their family members contracting it at places and then giving it to them. It's going to be so, so much less because there's so many more people vaccinated. And so you're seeing that, I think a little bit right now, the effects of vaccination. Also, it wouldn't be, it would be fair to point out that Vancouver specifically is really going through it right now, especially Mm -hmm. they have a variant. I think it's I don't forget what the variant is called, but one of the variants yeah, is going through Vancouver right now. And that's super contagious. And of course, COVID in general is super contagious. And so last I heard, it was 19 players either on the team or on the taxi squad have the, have confirmed positives, which 
I believe like between Taxi Squad and the regular roster, it would be something between like 25 to 30 players. So over half, significantly over half. Yeah. And that's really not good. And it's one that keeps getting highlighted as one of the early confirmed positives that's just really sad is Travis Hamanick. Travis Hamanick is in his first year with Vancouver. He played for Calgary last year. And a lot of you might be like, who the heck is that? And part of the reason you're going like that is because he did not play for Calgary in the bubble. And he opted out because his daughter has some kind of medical issue and this sounds familiar he didn't really elaborate on it but he said like I just I don't feel comfortable I just want to make sure my family's healthy and so then for him to get this and also in addition to being like a vaccination PSA it's also a masking PSA because what a lot of reporters have pointed out is that um coaches and players who are unmasked at times on the ice have gotten it but there are no confirmed positives amongst any of the staff and some of those people are like trainers and stuff who would be Mm -hmm. actively working with these people who are positive but they're wearing masks at all Mm -hmm. times so I think it does really like strong PSA for the mask wearers out there if you needed it but I, I think there's just a lot of interesting stuff going on including scheduling because they really want to get all 56 games in obviously for revenue sake but also just for like for competition sake because they don't like doing winning percentage and I totally understand why they wouldn't like that because then it mm-hmm. just creates a lot of controversy around who's in and who's out and that sort of thing so there there's like a buffer week from when they wanted to start the playoffs um and when the season was going to end but even now it's kind of looking like they might have to extend the North and the North might end up getting started later than all of the other divisions just because of the time frame behind yeah. it. Another thing I think is kind of interesting. I remember the plan at the time was like, oh, that they do all of the division play and basically each team, each division gets down to one team and then there's the final four that do a bubble somewhere and obviously last year they did in Canada and a lot of people thought they'd do Canada this year but I think given that there's no quarantine coming from Canada to the U.S. there is a quarantine coming from the U.S. to Canada and given the situation with vaccinations and outbreaks and stuff you're probably going to be a lot easier to find a U.S. market somewhere that can handle a four-team playoff because that's not that tough because that's at most two series going on at the same time you can easily just one arena um and there's going to be a lot of states that can accommodate that um and accommodate some sort of bubble safely um that i don't know if canada with its vaccination rates can so definitely just something to keep an eye on is scheduling and all of that um the other thing i wanted to talk about i watched toronto calgary last night and Calgary is looking like right back into the like meh like you're not bad enough to be horrible but in like rebuilding but you're not good enough to be anything that like if they make the playoffs they're that team that's like if you win around that's successful uh they're just not that good they don't look that good and I remember I heard the announcer I was watching the Toronto feed and I heard the announcer say that Matthew Kachuk's minutes are down two minutes per game which when you consider average forward ice time is like 15 minutes um because if you divide 
60 minutes in hockey game by four, you get 15. So, and there's four lines. And two, he was around 18 and now he's down to 16. And like the direct correlation, the person who's playing more is Milan freaking Lucic. And like overpaid tough guy versus Matthew Kachuk, who's, who's a pest, but also really talented. Yeah. It's so Daryl Sutter. Daryl Sutter, and I get, I sort of get why he was brought in. He was brought in as like the culture was kind of rotting and the team wasn't getting along. And so he's just like steady the ship, really firm hand, that sort of thing. I get that a little bit. But with that comes the old hockey man takes. And this is like the epitome of old hockey man takes. And I just really cannot like play Matthew Kachuk. It shouldn't be that controversial. It shouldn't be that hard. Should be very obvious. Play your good player. Like, oh, wow. (laughs) There's my advice. Um, The other thing I wanted to talk about is a race we have going on between for second place. Because I think Toronto has a little bit of distance now, but there is like tied pretty much virtual dead heat with points and points percentage is Edmonton and Winnipeg. And the thing I find really fascinating about this is Edmonton and Winnipeg's makeup. So Winnipeg, they have some some decent forwards, Mark Shifley, um, Nikolai Ehlers, Kyle Connor. They're all really good players. Some of them are a little underrated, I would even say. Um, but then the, the core of their team, like they rise and fall with Connor Hellebuck, who you can only really argue Andre Vasilevsky as far as league's best goaltender. It's the two of them. And like if the Olympics were held tomorrow, he's Team USA's goalie. And I'm really liking that especially if Canada tries to roll out Carey Price version (laughs) 3.0. Like, I'm really liking Connor Hellebuck for that. But, like, their defense is, yeah. And then what else they got going on? Whereas Edmonton has McDavid and Dreisaitl, who are just absolute world beaters. And they have some okay defense, Darnell Nurse, uh, Ethan Bear. But then they're rolling out Mike Smith and Miko Koskinen. And Mike Smith's doing okay but Mike Smith is liable to do some really bad goaltending and Miko Koskinen has not been great either and isn't really proven at all so it's just kind of interesting the different like having that elite elite talent in forwards which maybe Winnipeg doesn't quite have that elite skating talent but they have that elite goaltending that Edmonton doesn't have and I almost think if you like mush the teams together you would kind of have the team that you're looking for yeah but obviously that's not how hockey works. Um, next, I want to talk about the Mass Mutual East Division. Um, Buffalo is finally winning some games. That's the bar they've set for themselves. And they have climbed over that <laughs> basically bar on the floor that, um, and can win some games. However, I wanted to point out, not first place in the division, but just the very last place of a playoff division spot they are 21 points out and there are 19 games left. So that means you're looking at having to win more than half your games. Yeah, probably not gonna happen. Mm -mm. We're gonna go with Buffalo is virtually eliminated and and everyone knows they're gonna be the first ones mathematically eliminated. Yeah. And also I think low key, I was thinking about this, mathematically eliminated is gonna be a lot harder to do this year because people could be mathematically eliminated and we just don't know it because there's all of these conference games 
where mm-hmm. it's like, okay, Pittsburgh and, and Boston, three and four in the division have to play. Well, some of them have to get points and something like that. And so you start running into this whole, well, okay, how can this actually work? Like sort of thing, which is way too much math for me. So I don't want yeah. to spend <laughs> much time on it, but just wanted to say that that's going to be a thing and I'm not going to understand it then. And I don't understand it now. Um, next, I want to point out kind of a little bit of a scanning check-in, but also I think interesting. If you look, there's like really tiers now. And I will say, this is a little unfair to Boston and I'll try to explain. It does seem like there's a three-way race for first between Washington, New York, and New York Islanders and Pittsburgh. And then there is a bit of a three-way race for, for that last spot between Buffalo, New York, and oh golly, what's the other one? I'll get the other one. Um, but the New York Rangers, that is. And it's kind of, in, oh, Buffalo, or not Buffalo, New York, Philly, and Boston. That's it. Rangers, Philly, Boston. And Buffalo and New Jersey are just not even in the conversation. But the reason I think it's a little unfair to Boston is Boston has like four games less played due to COVID than the other teams. And so they're they're about 10 points behind Pittsburgh. But when you consider their four games out, obviously they'd have to win out to be like right there, which is why I still say that they're kind of in more of the like battle for the fourth spot than the battle for the first spot but they could they're one hot streak away from being in that battle for the first spot whereas the other two teams are kind of more just like trying to inch their way into that that fourth spot so I think it's kind of an interesting um really close race where I think the other divisions maybe have more of your clear-cut elite teams this one is a little more bunched up um and then with that the penguins update Everyone is hurt all the time. Tristan Jari got hurt, although he's back practicing now. Brandon Tanev was back for like a cup of coffee and to have this really epic um, GIF, or, and it wasn't even a GIF, it was like a TV, the TV caught him yelling at another player. And I, like, I, read, I read his lips immediately. <laughs> I also know hockey uh, trash talk because the words, you are effing joke, buddy. Um, go back to the minors definitely I could just read that right off the top I'm like this is hilarious I love him he's awesome he's a little overpaid but he's just absolutely everything he's got a lot of the Matthew Kachuk where you're like you love having him on your team he's a little less of like a jerk but he is hard to play against and a lot of teams get mad at him and I I like him for that Um, but now he's out Teddy Bluger is close to being black, but we're still very broken, <laughs> but we're piecing it together and we look not bad. And it, that seems to be the way it, it looks. And it almost makes me nervous for like when Malkin's better and when all of our team is better, because this is what happened last year. Like we were completely broken and we were just like doing well and turning like, oh, wow, this is a great team. Just imagine when everyone gets better, then everyone got better. And it's like, oh, suddenly we're relaxing and we don't look that good. <laughs> and then we carried that right on into the bubble and we all know how that went. So we'll see. Um, shout out to Casey DeSmith. Really having to hold the fort. Um, hopefully Tristan Jar is back soon. But overall, things are looking fairly good. Um, 
especially given the circumstances. And with that, we go to our last division, the Discover Central Division. First, I wanted to talk about Columbus struggling, um, torts being torts. By that, I mean um, Jack Roslovic, who admittedly hasn't been as on fire as he was to begin, uh, got set. I mean, there's that, that he wasn't as dominant as he has been. But I just want to point out that he's better than the people he was sat for and also he's a local Columbus kid like I don't really get it It doesn't make sense but that's towards it's the whole like not playing Patrick Laine when you need goals or like it comes out that they're asking him to be like this checking power forward which if you've ever seen Patrick Laine shot and like he needs to be a power forward no stop trying to make people into what you think the best hockey player is and like utilize their skill set. Patrick Laine has like next to Alex Ovechkin, probably the best shot in the NHL. And the fact that you just like don't want him to use that is a little embarrassing. So like, and I think his contract is up this year Torts and I very think it, they're done. He's great for when you have like a plotty kind of team of underdogs that you need to get the most out of he's great for that maybe send him to Calgary I don't know maybe that would work but when you start having like a lot of skill he ain't the guy for the job (laughs) and so I think they need a new voice Gerard Gallant is still available he would be amazing there are so many people who would be good and then there's Sean Tortorella and so no um the other thing I wanted to point out so it wasn't too long ago that Nashville was just absolute trash and um we're like everyone except uh Ryan Ellis Roman Yossi and then Pecorine were available for sale at the right if you had the right price to give and now they're in a playoff position it's like oh wait nope we're good again we're not selling which I hate when teams do this it's like oh we had a run of four games like we're good now and here's the thing you have to be honest and I actually will give St. Louis credit the year before they won the cup they did this they looked at their team and they were in like 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 right at that hairy edge of making the playoff spot and they're like listen if we make the playoffs it still ain't gonna be good so like what's the point like instead let's trade Paul Stasny, which they did, and get some assets for that, which they did, and let's plan for next year. And I think that's so much smarter than being like, well, we can make the playoffs, and that would be awesome. And it's like, okay, yeah, but then what? And Nashville's in that position right now. Look at your team, but then what? You make the playoffs, and what? You get completely annihilated by Tampa or Florida. Cool. Like, what did that get you? Maybe instead we should look to the future. You're one of the teams that has actual assets because like an assets that have value because Buffalo actively is tanking the value of all of their assets. (laughs) You actually have good assets and the winning only makes them more valuable. Let's see what the market is like. And if you can get like, definitely, if there's no good trades out there, don't just trade to trade. But there's, there is stuff to be had because there aren't that many sellers. So maybe try that. I don't know. It just, I, it really bothers me when they're like, we went on a winning streak. Let's just suddenly uh, like abandon all logic and go for the playoffs because that is the road to mediocrity, my friends. And 
no thanks. <laughs> Maybe Nashville fans want to be there, but not any for me. <laughs> um, and finally, Morgan, the stars. Um, really quick baseball update. And I'm j- it still says expected, which is what was written in all the other articles. But um, Buster Olney is reporting that the All-Star Game is expected to be at um, the Colorado Rockies um, stadium, which would be gorgeous to have there because you can see the mountains. Also would be an incredibly fun home run derby because the ball flies there. So it could be a good, like... I don't know if compromise, but it'd be a nice field to have an all-star game in. Um, I love that for the home run thing. Cause even in the all-star game and stuff, home runs make everything better. Yeah, for real. And especially there you'd get some monster home runs. Um, but on the stars, the only thing I have to talk about, cause the only thing at the top of my brain is that Anton Hidobin was put on the COVID protocol list on Saturday then after two periods on Sunday's game Rick Bonus was essentially pulled for COVID protocol as well this is going to turn into a rant on the NHL because immediately my brain went oh we've learned nothing from the Justin Turner incident in which he played six innings and then was pulled in the seventh because he had a positive COVID test I don't understand how we are over a year into a pandemic and players and coaches are getting their COVID tests back mid-game and I understand everyone afterwards who was like well we're pretty sure he's been vaccinated which was later confirmed that he's fully vaccinated that's great however if he's vaccinated and it's a false positive, that's the best case scenario because it's a false positive. That's great. It still proves that why the heck are we allowing coaches and players on the bench and in the game before we even have their test back? Because my next point, had he been fully vaccinated and it's an actual positive test, that's great for him. Not so great for everyone around him. He's yelling near with his mask off because I was just going to say that this would be so much better if the coaches use the masks how they're supposed to be used instead of the single most effective thing masks are for is when you're yelling yes droplets because every time they show rick bonus he is screaming with his mask pulled down and it infuriates me i tweeted it for like three different games and then i gave up because i was like i do not want to have to tweet this every game but it's are you literally kidding me? every coach, every coach in every sport, they all make them wear. And yes. I, I scored volleyball in high school and it was this way too. And it's like, they all are forced to wear masks and then they all are allowed to just pull them down to yell only to yell. And I'm like, your mask isn't doing a whole heck of a lot of good yeah. when you're standing there, not saying anything, breathing, like the chance of infection when you, no one's near you and you're just there, not high, but when people are somewhat close and you pull your mask down and like you're yelling so the droplets are going way farther because huge like he's ah. yelling on top of players heads who aren't wearing masks like it drives me bonkers it's like okay if anything pull your mask up to yell and then when you're just standing around if you want to pull your mask down then that would be the better time I would still say wear it then but if we're going to pick a time to pull your mask down that would be significantly better and the other issue I have 
because of it is because I mentioned it a lot during football season because I feel like I saw it a lot more with football coaches and like not wearing their mask properly and someone like tweeted at me well they get tested every day that's great but my point still stands if they're doing it just for looks they still should do it right because otherwise why bother wearing it if you're not if you're wearing it just so it could be like look we're this is what everyone else should be doing we're setting an example for fans and the public then wear it correctly. Otherwise, you're not setting the example. So either way, if it's for just example or if it's actually for protection for the coaches themselves and the players and blah, 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 wear it correctly either way. Also, NHL needs to get it together. And if these tests are rapid, again, what is the point of testing every day if you are not getting the test back before the games and still allowing players and coaches on the bench and in on the ice? Because also... Carolina, the team they were, the stars were playing yesterday, they were not told why Rick Bonus was pulled, which granted, he's not a player on the ice mingling with the other team. So their risk was low if it is a true positive. However, he was talking to the, the stars players who were then talking with and in close contact with Carolina Hurricane. So why and, not tell them as well? And the thing is, like, this is, we haven't ever had to my knowledge, a player pulled mid-game. Like, yeah. players all get the results. And the thing is, if anything, I think... That was a pulled, big baseball thing, not a any, hockey thing. Yeah, if, but if anything, I think the coaches should be, like, easier to pull. Because, well, I mean, heck, New York Rangers pulled their entire coaching staff, like, randomly said the same day, hey, AHL team, like, you're all of your coaches are coaching us. Yeah. And they won by, like, nine to nothing. So coaches like you can get on without a coach and not even saying that should influence players but at least they're a little harder to replace like you can't tell me Rick like you can because I get that rapid tests have a certain amount of efficacy issues right but coaches you should be really super safe with because who the heck cares if your assistants coach one game I don't think that's drastically going to change your season any measurable way. And I just, I don't, you're right. Especially if it's a coach, if you don't have the test back during the game, then just don't let them coach that game. It's one game. Trust me, the stars were not going to miss. I was going to have some, <laughs> I, I have my petty here. Are, is the star, star season going to be completely derailed by the five extra minutes of ice time Dennis Gurionov would get if Rick Bonus wasn't playing? Literally no. And actually, that brings me to one other rant thing I'd like to say about the Stars um, game last night because this was going to be what my Stars section was going to be all about until that moment happened. However, it's still on my nerves, so I'm going to talk about it. Um, I don't know if I've actually mentioned it. I'm sure I have on here. I keep track of four players ice time on a spreadsheet. I will link it on our Twitter, our podcast Twitter. Um, because last season, I just kept track of uh, Rope Hints and Dennis Gurionov because they were severely underplayed and they were the top uh, goal scorers and point getters and so on. So it's also the best players to watch. Exactly. This year, I originally was going with Hints, Gurionov and Delandria because it looked like Delandria was going to get 
or deserve more ice time. I still think he deserves more ice time than he's getting, but whatever. And then last week I added Robertson to the list because he is getting the ice time he deserves that Giryanov should have gotten last year. So it's easy to compare those two. However, I inputted Sunday's game today. It was a doozy because first of all, Giryanov had a um, a shift in the second period that was nearly three minutes. It was two minutes and 51 seconds, which is insanity. And when I first saw that, my first thought was um, when Jim Montgomery was the head coach, he had like different rules or I guess, or things he wanted to get done in each game. And one of them was 40 second or less average shifts for the team. So immediately when I saw that, that, that means they got hemmed in the zone and couldn't get the puck out. It, it, it was so bad for it. It's, it was that that's it's super long. The only time it doesn't mean that is I'm pretty sure there was one game where Drysdale and McDavid had over five minutes in a shift, and there was like a commercial break in there and stuff. But it was intentional because it was like the end of regulation into overtime and they wanted to win really bad so that was the only time I've ever seen people intentionally play that or like the playoffs but most of the time it's like you're hemmed in and you can't get the puck out which is still a problem because if you can't get the puck out in three minutes that's a problem so then I was looking at that and then I noticed something with Robertson about um because I I usually don't look at all shift times but seeing that 251 See if anyone else had any kind of weird long shift. So in the third inning, inning, <laughs> uh, on the mind. <laughs> period, uh, Robertson had a two minute shift. Then he, in addition to that, he had nine shifts over a minute. In addition to that, he had four shifts over 50 seconds. I was just keeping track of all of this because yesterday was like a freaking anomaly with nine shifts over a minute. That's super important because like you get your anomaly, like puck gets stuck in the zone. shift. But if you have nine shifts over a minute, that means your coach is playing long shifts. Yeah. And I don't think that makes sense. And that was pretty spread out. That wasn't like, oh, this just was only in one period because something happened. That was yeah. pretty spread out. Well, um, nine, like it can't happen nine times. Yeah. Maybe. If the same person got hemmed nine times, they should have been benched four times ago. And I, I was expecting their overall numbers to be higher because Fox didn't play and neither did Dickinson. So I was expecting like higher um, overall minutes because Robertson played 21-51 for the game and Rope Hintz played 20-32 and he plays pretty much every other game because he has a lower body injury so he's day-to-day he also had similar shift times to Robertson and I literally thought Hintz was going to break yesterday because he had a 205 shift eight additional shifts over a minute and two additional shifts over 50 seconds and I'm just like I almost don't want the Stars to go to playoffs because they're, we're just, they're going to burn out and it's not going to be worth it. Yeah, exactly. And the, the nine shifts over these a minute. back to back. Yeah. The, and this is going to be for a lot of teams, but the Stars, especially with how their season started, there is, it's a grind to end the season for yeah. every team, but it's going to be a time. And that's all I have for that star-specific oh. rant. <laughs> With that, do you want to go to rant and rave? Yes. Would you like to go first or would you like me to go first? I'll go first. Um, both my rant and raves are baseball-related. 
Um, they weren't like huge things, so I didn't want to put them at the top. Plus, I had to save it for my rant and rave. Um, so my rant is a weird rant because it was a weird thing to happen. So on opening night Thursday, the White Sox were playing in Los Angeles. And they did something that caused a lot of people to Google this player because they made it seem as though he died. (laughs) So usually when a player or a coach or a notable former player dies, the team will put their jersey in the dugout as like a memorial of sorts. Well, the White Sox did that with Eloy Jimenez. Yeah. And I had never heard of him because I don't follow the White Sox. He got traded for Jose Quintana. He used to be a Cub. Interesting. So, of course, when I see that, my first thought is, oh, my God, I missed a player death. Like, I didn't, this wasn't in the news. I missed it. I Googled him because he's not dead. He's just injured. Because not only did they take his jersey, they all signed the jersey like it's a cast and put his batting gloves, like, crossed with it. And I was like, there's no way this guy didn't die because that's what you do and that's a little much it's a little much but first of all I googled it and the first news thing to pop up from NBC Sports was not any more helpful than that because the headline of the first article that pops up when you google this player is life without Eloy Jimenez White Sox start season as reality hits Tell me that does not sound like he died. By the way, he has a torn pectoral muscle and will miss six months, but he didn't die. Yeah, and honestly, six months, if they make it to the World Series or something, not saying they will, but honestly, like... Tommy John, you're out longer. It gives me, like, Kyle Schwarber, the year the Cubs won vibes, (laughs) where he, like, the second game, he tore his ACL. Imagine if the next game they had this, like, shrine to Kyle Schwarber. I would have laughed. I was just like I because at first my thought was like has this ever been happened when like there wasn't a death because I thought maybe Cleveland might have done it when Carlos Carrasco was diagnosed with leukemia and I was like okay that I could kind of understand oh yeah that would totally like and I'm pretty sure Philly did something for Oscar Lindblom like they might have worn a patch or like all worn his number for warm-ups or something which do it for a torn muscle and you're not even gonna miss that whole season like think about if every team did it for a pitcher who had Tommy John which Tommy we just John, perpetually have we should just put a jersey up and right. then just let us change out the number it was, and also I think what made it even more bizarre is because it wasn't the White Sox home game they were playing in Los Angeles so that made it more confusing yeah that's that's a little much actually a lot much (laughs) yeah so that's my rant because it's weird and I don't understand why they chose to do that um so my rant is sports related but it's more of a general thing because my mom so I have the NHL package my mom has the MLB package and we both have the kind of the same rant which is okay this is a paid package and I get that there are commercial breaks and they have to do something during commercial breaks. And I get that they can keep the price lower if they have commercials. No objections to any of that. However, could you please make it more than three commercials? Because it's the same three commercials repeated over and over. Like the stupid, there's these like iPhone commercials with this obnoxious music. And whenever I hear the music, it makes me irrationally angry because I hear it 15 times in a period. And that's just not cool. Like, every single commercial break it's the same three commercials and 
it's just like, can we please have variety? I would pay more to have variety in the commercials. And it feels like it would be more effective because it wouldn't make, I wouldn't make me despise these brands. Fox sports, or I guess Valley sports. If you stream it off the app on TV, it's the same way. And it drives me nuts. Yeah. So I'm not even asking you to get rid of the commercials. Like I said, I get, it keeps things cheaper, but can you please just put some effort in and get like more like more brands or ask the brands to give you more than one commercial because <laughs> it's going to be more effective so that's my rant because I don't know if it does it for those streamings but there will be times where it starts a new commercial and be like oh my god yes a new commercial and then it cuts off and goes to a commercial I see oh. all the time I don't know if it, it didn't do that T- tonight my mom was gonna show me because there's this like uh MLB commercial she likes that's like a like flashback to all of the different like yeah pre-covid and it's I'll be seeing you with Willie Nelson and they were like just getting to the chorus and then it cut back to the game Uh I was like okay that was that the one good Uh commercial we had to watch all the crappy ones but then the one good one they can't even have enough time for oh that's that's the meanest yeah so there's not just a rant for me but on behalf of my mother too (laughs) um my rave again baseball And I had forgotten that this was going to be something that we could all appreciate. And that is now that there are fans in stadiums, even though some stadiums are worse than others, we get to appreciate the booing of the Astros. And we were, we were robbed of that last year because of COVID. However, and I, we kind of got it in the postseason, but I don't really remember seeing a bunch of it being tweeted about not as fun and because in the postseason like a lot of their fans could show up too so it kind of balanced it out however so the Astros are playing in yeah in LA tonight and when they were taking warm-ups when Altuve and them got on the field they were promptly booed um on Saturday's game I believe against Oakland they were playing in Oakland when there, when the Astros lineup was being announced, the Oakland um, PA played "Before He Cheats" by Carrie Underwood, <laughs> which I just find that amazing, and I really hope every stadium they visit has that same sense of humor when they take the field or when they're at batting practice, whichever they choose. I I just want everyone to remember that they cheated. And I want them to remember that they cheated. And I just live for the petty of it all. I yeah. And I'm I'm really down for that part of fans being. Yes. Um so my rave is not sports related, but I just have to because I'm really happy. So um Maury knows this, but last Friday I got my first COVID vaccine and I had to rave about the whole experience because where I am, they had a really good system in place. So you had like a QR code and then you had these different like spots that you went through and it was all very, it was almost like not in like the enjoyment of it because I don't know that people enjoy getting shots, but just in the way it was all like highly choreographed and stuff, it almost was like Disney in that regard where like everything was like so perfectly done and um we have this arena it's not that big but we have an arena in town and they they were using that for it and I thought it was really cool because there's two main hospital groups in town 
and there were two lines and they just kind of put you wherever. And one line had the nurses from one hospital group and one line had the nurses from the other. It was all super organized. And I also wanted to say, not a doctor, definitely consult all of that PSA stuff. However, I'm a person who actively avoids needles at all costs because I always pass out for them. Just did that with some dental work like a week or so ago. However, even me, nothing with the COVID vaccine because it is the tiniest needle you can ever ever imagine. And they say, oh, like you won't feel it. And you're like, "Uh, really? Like that, that people always say that it legitimately like feels like someone's pinching your skin mildly. Like yeah. you can pinch yourself and that's what it feels like. And I truly felt nothing with my first one. Yeah. It's, and as long as you don't look, don't look, but yeah, as long as you look. don't look, it's, you truly don't even feel hardly anything at all. There's a little bit of arm pain after the fact for the first one. And I know my sister and others have said there can sometimes be some symptoms after the second one, but for me, a person who has passed out at different times getting like blood draws and needles and stuff like that for me to say it could be 1000 times worse and I would still happily get it but that time I was like I walked out feeling really good (laughs) and I was kind of annoyed because they made you wait for 15 minutes afterwards and like after two minutes when it became apparent that I had no I'm like can I just leave now like (laughs) like there's nothing and so all of that to say if you have the opportunity please 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 obviously do your research, obviously, blah, 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 insert legal disclaimers here, (laughs) but for like most of us, it's going to make sense, and it just makes things so much better, and like obviously get both of your shots, it's really important, but even, I read this, the Pfizer shot, which is the one that I got, the first dose, the first dose after a week from the limited data that they studied has somewhere between like a 75 to like a 95 percent effectiveness rate so even getting like one shot is so so like if we can get so many people even started and that's why they give those numbers of people who have completed but people who've also started Mm -hmm. because we can approach her community we even just get a bunch of people through the first one and so like please 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 like can't ask enough and can't also rave enough about how easy of an experience it was and I have had shots for many other things many other vaccines and this is the easiest one of them all and the most like I don't know enjoyable but like least bad experience like it's it's awesome it's so easy and so please do it that kind of you like saying it's like kind of like Disney World kind of reminded me of um uh so with following Royals found out that they do shots at Westminster Abbey in um, England, which I was like, that must feel really like beautiful. I don't know to get a, sh- a life-saving shot in a church. Like I just feel like the emotions would really like make that extra special. And I saw on um, Elizabeth Holmes, she, cause she was talking about how I wonder if they do that in any churches here because of that for that same reason like especially if you're a spiritual person and you're going to a church to get your shot that just must mean so much and the uh national cathedral in dc she said that they're doing it there and i've only been in there once and that was like 10 years ago but even just like 
going in that cathedral then not for a vaccine or anything just like seeing it was like had me awestruck so like I can't imagine it just must be like a really cool experience that I've been thinking about for the last couple of weeks about like the different places you can get a shot and like how I also will say churches uniquely because I remember saying this when churches shut down it's like they have to shut down and for longer because churches especially certain denominations and cathedrals definitely fall into that Mm -hmm. you older in population yeah and so I think those types of places endorsing vaccination in such a real way is only really good because obviously we want everyone herd immunity all of that business but especially the older populations yeah the most at risk and not saying I think they are getting vaccinated in large numbers just because the risk is more real to them but the more people who can be convinced however we can convince them right worth it that was also like for a while ago when people got on their high horse about getting one damn donut for getting a shot (laughs) I was like okay I get obesity and all of that, but one donut is not going to make you fat. And if one, if a, d- a donut that we that we don't even the taxpayer doesn't have to pay for, like yeah, Krispy it was like Kreme. Krispy Kreme was doing it. And yeah. I think Dunkin might have done it too, but Krispy Kreme was doing it, and they were going to just eat the cost because it's no cost to them really. Yeah. If that's what gets people to get vaccines, heck, have a box of donuts. It's not going to change. Right? It's not going to make healthcare costs spike. It's not going to make you fat. Now, don't do that every day. But <laughs> if, if it's just one donut, and I find I, a lot of doctors were like, because a lot of the people complaining were very not health professionals. Yeah. And a lot of health professionals were like, if this gets people in to get vaccinated, it is easily a net positive yeah. because we don't tell people don't eat donuts as a diet. Like that's not a diet. It's like, moderation right (laughs) one donut is moderation so I honestly like you're getting a life-saving shot you deserve to treat yourself with a donut with a piece of cake with coffee however you would yeah honestly like whatever free thing as long as it's not like heroin which I can't (laughs) imagine heroin for (laughs) shots for shots like I can't imagine that (laughs) that's gonna be a thing but as long as that isn't a thing, literally anything. Like the if they shots give you- for shots. <laughs> That'd be good for a bar. Hey, you know, and honestly, <laughs> if like, I don't know, uh, what is the Smirnoff or whatever wanted to give you like mm-hmm. the mini shot thing for getting, if we want to do shots for shots, like I'm down, just not, not like illegal drugs sort of shots, but <laughs> But short of anything that's like actually illegal, if you want to give free whatever for getting vaccinations, I'm for whatever gets people vaccinated. Like if one free donut convinces just one person to get a shot, that's one more person we're yeah. adding to herd immunity. And so I'm I'm so down. So down <laughs> shots. for that. Title of this episode, Shots, shots for shots. shots. <laughs> and that works for a lot of different things. Vaccinations heroin apparently alcohol hockey there we go yeah like okay hey um (laughs) like imagine if it was like uh like you get to sponsor a specific goal of the game like and we we have well okay 
Steve Dangle's doing that for his podcast where they have a sponsor for a segment. And now uh-huh. it, it used to be Jesse would pick like a random uber obscure thing like the mute button on Zoom um, to be the sponsor. But now it's like one week people are like, hey, if I donate to charity, can I sponsor? And now they have like months and months of sponsors because people have donated to hospitals. And I'm, I'm kind of a similar thing of, hey, if a hockey team wanted to be like, hey, you can sponsor the next goal, just show proof, like show your yeah. CDC card that you got vaccines. And it's like the, sh- the shot shot kind of thing. We need to quickly come up with a marketing company, take all these ideas, <laughs> give them to people, get paid for it. <laughs> I'm, I'm totally down for that. And like, well, and like the Penguins are doing um, with their season ticket holders where you get assigned to a different player like different season ticket holders get assigned to a player each game and if any if that player scores the first goal um and or if the goalie gets a shutout and you're assigned to the goalie then you get an autographed jersey from that player and like if we wanted to do that where it's like hey if you show proof of vaccination you can be the person on there and then you can get an autographed jersey if they hit their shot like you got your their shot or whatever something like that even teams could do like I was gonna say free ticket because and but I'm sure like teams are too stingy for that even though you'd still pay money for like concessions and stuff but like half price ticket if you're vaccinated like they could really like milk this or if if any of these companies come up with any of that these ideas after this podcast is published you let us know because we deserve part of that money I even think the NHL like, why can't they say, hey, if you, like, find a way to do proof of vaccination, you get a week of center ice free. And it's like, you got your shots, and I get to watch a bunch of hockey shots. Something like that. And, like, a week of free hockey. One, it's good marketing for their product, because you can see the center ice thing. And if you want to buy it, then, hey. And, like, a lot of people do week trials for anything. So, it's... It, yeah. There are so many options for this. Um, so I, I conversely to people not wanting Dunkin' Do- or Krispy Kreme <laughs> from doing that, I want every company to do like right? have all of the all of the rewards. I, I think- don't think I'm getting my donut. <laughs> right, <laughs> you are sorely mistaken. We are now a show of their own broadcasting company. Contact us for all your or I said broadcasting marketing. We're working on it. Yes. We can come up with anything for you to market with. And we can also be like the veto people where you're like, hey, we think this would be a good promotion. We think this would be a good idea. So for instance, if you want to issue like dumb statements, not saying a Texas team may or may not have done that. Um, or governor. Yeah. We, we can say, hey, probably not a good idea. Those The Dallas Stars after the Dallas Mavericks. We can maybe say, you know, don't do that. Like if, for instance, your idea is maybe shots for shots of heroin, we can be like, mm, don't think that's great. <laughs> Might also get you arrested and like in trouble with your state's attorney general. So maybe go with something more legal. But <laughs> this you took know, a turn. <laughs> you know what would be interesting too, because in, in Canada this is a huge thing. It's like, hey, if you prove that you got the shot, that's like one entry into the 50-50 raffle, and like we'll pay for it for you. So it adds to the pot because yeah. those 50, 50 raffles are insane in Canada. They get crazy. Like I think the, when the Sandines hired, it got like $2 million for one game. Dang. So all you of these how- ideas. Texas, the Rangers should get in on that because with the crowds they're getting, they hopefully could- they're all vaccinated. 
or half. If even if it was just half, they do. They so make some money. Now we're doing like online 50-50s. Like you know, a lot of Chicago teams are doing that and all of that. Hey, there's another thing. All of the freaking sports books free bet they get free bets for everything or at least like a raffle like you don't even have to give me free stuff just make me give me like 10 spots in a raffle or something yeah 10 wasn't high enough but you know what I mean so there so there you go all of these free ideas (laughs) for you but ultimately shots for shots get your shot that sort of thing (laughs) um and with that I guess we will see you all next week